Now on Distinct Nostalgia, we're going all contemporary for a change as we champion a current TV gem. It's soon to return for a fifth series on BBC Two, but it's surprising how many people still don't know about Two Doors Down. It has a fantastic cast, including Alex Norton of Taggart fame and Elaine C. Smith, who you may remember playing the wife of Rabsy Nesbitt. The series is written and created by Simon Carlyle and Gregor Sharp and focuses on character-driven observational comedy. Ashley's been talking to another one of the stars, Jonathan Watson, who plays Colin. Enjoy. Jonathan, lovely to chat to you for Distinct Nostalgia. Now, we're not actually going to talk about your past career, although we could do if you want to. We can go way, way back if you want. (laughs) We're actually going to be talking about something you're doing now because... um, Distinct Nostalgia is about exactly what it's about. It's about um, celebrating the great things of our past in TV and radio and film and all the rest of it. Um, but every now and again, we like to remind people that there are some gems still being made. And one of them um, is Two Doors Down, the BBC Two comedy that's been going for four series, about to have a fifth series, I gather, yeah. um, uh, starring yourself, Elaine C. Smith, uh, Alex Norton, uh, who's the lady who plays Beth? Hello, Bella Weir. Fantastic cast. And, um, yeah, it's a hidden gem, isn't it? But it shouldn't be hidden. It should be, we should be talking about it. First of all, tell us a little bit about how it all began, what you remember. Were you in the pilot? Were you in the very original? Well, it's, yeah, I was. It's, uh, and it, it wasn't a pilot. It was, uh, it was a one-off. It was a, it was a script that had been, uh, on the shelf, I think for about a year or two. And uh, written by by Gregor Sharp and Simon Carlyle, and it was a one hour special. And it was we, we were all sort of put together very very quickly. And I, I've got this belief that um, somebody, some big name, let BBC One down uh, and couldn't cut. There was a there was a hole in the schedule, and uh, we very quickly got together. I got a call to go down to London to meet the producer the director at that time and Simon Carlyle, the writer, uh, talked through it, read a couple of bits, and the next day got offered the part of Colin White. And then the next, about literally about 10 days later, we were filming. And we filmed for 10 days non-stop in a small council house in Paisley, just outside Glasgow. And uh, it went out on 9 o'clock on New Year's Eve, and th- thanks now to social media, uh, especially Twitter, it just went it went crazy. I mean, people absolutely loved it. And about a year and a half, two years later, the the first series was was up and running. And uh, some of the cast uh, from that original program uh, dropped out. And but myself, Alex, Arabella, and Dune. Uh, we were signed up to do it, and uh, Simon and Gregor brought in Elaine Smith's character to play Sharon Rooney's uh, mum, who was part of the cast at that time. So that's how it kind of started. It it wasn't so it wasn't a pilot; it was a one-off, and it was due to the the reception that it got that they decided to to go with the series. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Daniel and Nardini was in the first one, wasn't she? She was in the uh, in the one-off. She was. She was fantastic. Uh, 
Daniela Nardini, uh, Kevin Guthrie, Greg McHugh, they were they were all in it as well. But you know, thing you know what it's like. I mean, things things change. People move on to other projects. Recasting is to take place as well, and things like that. So, uh, uh, so that yeah, that that's how it all can happen. For anybody who's for anybody who's listening who has never heard of it but is curious, um, can you in in a nutshell just sum up the general premise? Quite a simple premise, really, isn't it? Quite a simple premise. It's it's about neighbours and how they how they get on, how they integrate, how they socialise, how they rely on each other. It's quite a simple idea, and it's it's it's, um, it's the characters that that um, that pepper the program, if you like, uh, are characters that everybody I think can relate to. Whether you whether you live in London, whether you live in Manchester, Aberdeen. You know Cardiff, wherever uh, people like can identify with the the characters that that, that are in the program, and I, I think that's one of the reasons uh, why it's worked worked well for us over the, the past few years. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes the scenarios are quite simple scenarios, aren't they? You're, you're, talking, you're talking about very basic stuff a lot of the time. You know, yeah, like uh, a half a cycle and a car alarm going off which is one of my favourite episodes. Uh, but they're very, very simple. But that's that is down to uh, the writers uh, who who do a fantastic job. I mean, Gregor and Simon uh, work so hard and, and fine-tune it right up to the last minute. You know, it could be the sort of seventh or eighth draft that we're working from. They, they're always kind of fine-tuning. And uh, it's, it, you know, as, a, as an actor uh, doing something like this, it's uh, it's great, yeah. Now, at the core of this, of course, is to put upon people, isn't it? Basically, there's a couple that are put upon. They're, that's where all the action takes place in Beth's house, basically. Poor old yeah. Beth has to do all the cooking and everything for everybody, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we've all got, we've all got our roles to play. And, uh, uh, you know, as I said to you, people can relate to characters like that in their own lives. And, uh, yeah, they, they, but I mean, I, I suppose I get put out, put uh, put upon at times as well, uh, but Alex can as well. His character can also. So, uh, but it's it's but it's 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 so it's so well spread for us all. It keeps us all interested. And uh, you're certainly under the thumb, aren't you? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I'm not going to divulge it. But I've got there's a thing when I play the part. There's a lot of thing that I've got in the the back of my in my mind, which takes it a, a different way. And uh, that that's uh, that's my little secret. That, that makes it work <laughs> for me, you know. <laughs> very very good. Now the very first, the actual, the one off you mentioned, which was a you know a, a done at New Year, I think it was in a few years ago. Was um, yeah. it was slightly different because the characters have been taken in a slightly different direction, haven't they? Because if I remember rightly. Beth, who now is generally the the put upon character who keeps everyone happy and pleased and all the rest of it, um, she was a little bit more feisty in the first one, uh, if I remember rightly, in that first very first episode. You know, well, I always uh, well, you've always you've got a better memory than me here, but uh, I I always think she is quite feisty. I mean, I I think she's just uh, very patient with everybody. I think in particular uh, the the feistiness you're talking about. That certainly did come to the surface in the Christmas special that went out. Uh, so you know these things sort of they move about a little bit in the course of 
a number of series, you know. They do, they do, they do. But the scenarios are, are, are absolutely, um, absolutely brilliant. I mean, I've, you know, I had COVID, sadly, back in September. Oh, and right, I watched, uh, it, it got me through COVID, let's put it that way. I watched all the series, all, several series, oh, uh, oh, one by one. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> I'm okay, thank God. Although I've got a bit of long COVID, sadly. But I think, um, yeah, I, I've watched them over and over again. And you see something different in them every time. There's a, there's little things you notice about the characters that you didn't notice the first time round. So that which is great because often things you know often people watch programs, TV programs, they won't necessarily watch them again, kind of thing. It can, can can be throwaway sometimes, but actually these there's there's so many different dimensions. These characters are not one dimensional, are they at all? No, but I think that, that part of the I mean I only I only watch them when they come out uh, with my with my family, and I I don't watch them again. But it's you know you can tell from the likes of the reception we get on Twitter, that people do watch the box sets. I mean, I think that it's into the millions now in iPlayer, uh, the number of views. So people do watch them again and again. We've had a lot of feedback about people watch them during lockdown. I think one of the reasons that you, when you, if you do revisit it and you'll get something new, it's the way it's shot, it's cross-shot. So th- there's, there's loads of little reactions and... Uh, you know, little tweaks and things like that that you might miss first time round that you might that you pick up again in, in another viewing. So I think that 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 adds to it as well. And I say caution, we 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 cover everything. Uh, and for instance, with a an eight or ten page scene that's in Beth's living room, and there's three different sort of three or four different angles, like two couches, somebody standing at the fireplace, and Alex seat. Well, you know, you could end up with the coverage that we do of that. You could end up doing the scene about sixty times, and if you if you're carrying the scene, I mean, you get word, word blindness by the end of it. You know, you you've done it so many times, but um, so that you've really got to be disciplined when it uh, when it comes to that and really concentrate. So. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Let's just talk a little bit about some of the some of the characters. We'll talk about your character specifically in a moment, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Alex, fantastic um, in his role, comes over really well, and Beth, and I think they, they, they their chemistry is is brilliant. You do get the impression, you know, this is a couple who are very much together, very much, you know, in love, still in their, you know, in their older, uh, not older years, but as they get, they're no, getting no, on a bit, you, kind you of thing. You can say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're, 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 they feel real. There's some, that's the other thing about it, actually. As you just said, you said at the beginning that everyone knows people like these. Yeah. But there's a tendency sometimes with comedy where it becomes a bit surreal. Well, actually, these these characters are there's a reality about them, isn't there as well? We aim to do that. I mean, you know, when we when we do a scene, and uh, if there's something that we're not too sure, would you actually do that though? Would you actually? So I'm not saying we approach it as a drama, but you you do want to make it as real as possible, and and pull back from it being heightened in in any way. I think so. I think that's one of the reasons that people can, you know, can associate with it as well. We'll be back after a quick break. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on it. It only takes structure and, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Look, 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 we all artists, man. We go you feel me? We going to have this like 
Me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. This I ain't gonna lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I ain't gonna lie. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit serious. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Christine is, uh, I mean, Elaine C. Smith is brilliant anyway. We know she's been, been around a long time and she's fantastic. Um, but Christine just, I don't know what it is about Christine. There's something about her that, um, yeah, she's she's saying, I mean, all of the characters to an extent are able to say the things that everyone's thinking. Right? You know, that's a great thing about it. But her in particular, some of her one-liners are just absolutely fabulous, aren't they? That the, the, the writers have written for her. She's very fortunate because the writers write them for her, so <laughs> that's a big, big help. <laughs> but but so, her her delivery, her delivery. No, her delivery is fantastic. I mean, I've, Elaine and I were at drama college together, so I've known and worked with Elaine for over forty years, and uh, we we were very close friends. In fact, I was I was in Elaine's. Uh, very first job uh, when she walked into the rehearsal room at 784 Theatre Company. So we go back a long way and she she brings so much to the programme uh, and does a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great character. And as you say, she says some, sometimes the most politically incorrect things, but it's exactly what people are actually thinking at the back of their mind. But uh, said with charm, so she get she gets away with it. She does. She's she's brilliant. And uh, <laughs> she the other thing is, yeah, we noticed that a lot of TV programs today um, worry constantly, and certainly I make you know radio programs, and often you know I, I'm having to put down compliance things all the time, saying what 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 products have we mentioned? Blah blah blah. Two Doors Down doesn't seem to have a problem with that. We, Christine has slagged off TK Maxx many times. <laughs> well, yeah, and well, <laughs> there's something that they do watch on. I mean, for instance, I mean, my character is very much into his designer brands, and uh, you're going to be, you know, quite wary that the the crest in your polo shirt isn't too big. You know, it's like acceptable big. You know, th things like that. So, uh, uh, but you know. Some of the more sort of controversial uh, things that uh, Elaine's character, Christy, might say, they, they, they are careful to make sure it just doesn't go too far. So, I think the fact that they're actually tr taking a bit of a risk is what adds to the series, really. Do you know? Yeah, I think, and I think it's important to take that risk because, you know, if you look back, I, I, I used to be involved in a, a programme, a, a long-running radio programme that used to take a a sort of look back in the week's uh, headlines. And uh, we stopped doing it about 10 years ago, but it ran for 10 years. And the, the way that you've got to um, fill in these compliance forms, half the stuff wouldn't make it in. And uh, it's not that it was particularly controversial. It was very funny, but uh, you've just got to be very, very careful. Absolutely, and 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 say two doors down does does you know it 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 pushes the envelope quite 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 a bit in different areas, uh, and 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 heightens things a little bit. There are some times when you get things you think oh that maybe they're going you know not not that you're going too far, but this is a comedy and you you know you you you're sort of focusing on something in an extreme. And of course your your not your character but your your uh, wife in it, um, Kathy. Uh, that's her role, isn't it? To to take things. 
up a notch, basically. She does that well, all the it, time. It, it, it is, and she does it brilliantly. I mean, the, the thing is, you do get people who are larger than life, and, and she certainly is. And uh, for, for the chemistry to work between us all, you've got to have that mix. And, uh, and, and Dune, Dune does, does it so well. And, uh, no, but we could, I mean, I, I said to you earlier on, we, we do try and make it as real as possible. But the same applies to, to that area as well. Uh, I know that doing it will be always very, very careful just to, it's, and it's a fine line, but she manages it so, so well in each episode that you, you, you've got to bring that, that change in, uh, into the program as well. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you, you do want to try and get the reality and the humour, but you've got to remember you're not doing play for today. It's a comedy as well. So it's that balance. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now your character, your character's interesting because he's, uh, I mean, like they all are, they're all all pretty multifaceted. Um, but he has this obsession, doesn't he? He seems to have this obsession with the gays a bit. He's always asking them constantly about things to do with their, their private life. Now, I'm from an LGBT background, and I know this is true because I know quite a lot of straight men who are fascinated by it. All. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, and, he, he, he doesn't, he, I haven't, the last series I actually, he, the, my fascination waned slightly. Uh, and it, it didn't really, it was only featured a little bit uh, when, in the Christmas special, in one scene when the, when the two boys arrived. But yeah, I, th I, th I know what you mean. And I, but I think it's real. I think you do get, you know, straight men who are, fascinated but also kind of baffled as well and uh i think colin fills that <laughs> fills that role you know and of course he's he's also you know extremely sexual isn't he really he's quite a well he's got he's got a thing uh for for uh michelle joy mcavoy's character and uh i actually was uh, the the uh, neither michelle or or uh, graham uh, Steve Lee plays uh, Alan, her husband. They weren't in the, the the Christmas special, but I missed them not being there because it's great for my character, somebody like Michelle, to you know wind up Kathy and stuff like that. And he is fascinated by Michelle. He even knows her shoe size. You know, he's uh, obsessed with her. So I, I, I'm looking forward to me eventually do. Uh, start filming series five, go back to revisit all that, you know. Uh, and of course, her, her her partner is completely just. He doesn't really notice any of this, does he? He's sort of in another world, oblivious to it all. Yeah, oblivious to it all. And oh, they, they, they've been a great introduction to the program. They brought so much to it, and uh, you know, so it'll be good when we all get back and uh, and and start doing uh, series five. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM, and if you like what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every penny helps us to make even more amazing content just for you. Go to distinctnostalgia.com and click on the Donate button. Keep listening as Ashley's chat with Jonathan Watson from Two Doors Down continues on Distinct Nostalgia in just a few minutes. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, then we would be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. 
Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Martin Hancock became one of Coronation Street's most iconic characters of the 1990s. He played Spider, the eco-warrior nephew of Corrie stalwart Emily, played by Eileen Derbyshire. In an interview with Distinct Nostalgia, he reveals what it's really like to work with one of the show's most private stars. When we were up a tree on New Year's Day and it was blowing a Force 4 gale, we had a little waist harness on, and that was it. But Eileen was up there, and she was just she was, she kept nudging me, sort of saying, "Saying Are you nervous yet? Are you nervous yet? Are you nervous yet?" And I'm like, "Stop it!" In a light-hearted interview, Martin talks candidly to Ashley Byrne about his spell in the world's longest-running TV drama serial. I used to get told off by vegans a lot because they'd spot various mistakes, you know, like you can't eat meringue. He's a vegan. He's not a vegetarian. It's you know, he can't do this. He can't do that. But then you'd have these really weird, weird response, like you know, you, you'd, you'd have a scaffolder go spider i had tofu because of you the other night i quite liked it (laughs) getting to the heart of soap history distinct nostalgia more than a podcast download and subscribe for free on any podcasting app or go to distinctnostalgia.com i'll always be hello auntie m it's me spider and it's not frightened either of just you know dealing with very basic things we talked about simple simple conversations but you know really basic things the one i watched the other day was um uh, the one where uh, alex's character has um uh, been in hospital and um he's had something done to his behind as oh, it were yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, you're all there uh, listening to him in the toilet for heaven's sake <laughs> I, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I know it's just that a movement there yeah, that's okay you all you all that kind of stuff uh <laughs> No, that was a good one to do as well. Uh, they're all, this, that's the thing. I mean, you know, looking, I tend not to uh, sort of go back and look over them again. But when you when you start talking, it reminded me of them. It, it uh, there's some cracking lines and scenarios. And food is always a big part of it, of course. Big course. part. We we usually have in the course of uh, in of a series, we'll have one massive uh, meal that. It, they take days to do and for continuity purposes. And I mean, the amount of stuff you get through that, that, that goes right back to the, the pilot uh, when we had, it was, it was set at new year. And of course, great tradition up in Scotland is to have steak pie and uh, at great expense, they get two or three massive steak pies um, for, for, for the shoot. And I think Greg McHugh and I ate about two of them. Uh, we just couldn't stop eating them. So you, you really guaranteed that the waste waistline expands in these particular days. But no, that eating's a big part. Burn suppers, Christmas dinners, you name it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing about again the Beth, Beth's character where she's always cooking, and you know Christine will always complain if she doesn't like the food or whatever. But poor old Beth just get just gets on with it, and she's sort of gobsmacked by what she says. And that's something I find through, I've always found through life. Nothing, not necessarily to do with food, but I'm always 
absolutely shocked at what people will say to you. Um, and and I never I never have an answer back to it because I'm like I can't believe you just said that to me. Do you I know, know what I mean? I I go through life like that as well. So I can I, I know exactly what you mean. But, but people do that. People say uh, the, the the most terrible things. I mean, just and you go, how can you? The most the the I th one of the things that I think is particularly cruel is when when women are pregnant, they'll think nothing about saying, to them, "Oh, your bump's not very big," and it's a real put down. And that you're you, it's the kind of thing you think, "Why are you saying that? Think it, but don't say it. You've just upset somebody." So, but that happens all the time in life. People say the most terrible things. They do, they do. Now, your relation, Colin's relationship with Kathy. Let's just analyse that a little bit. Are they um, a bit of an odd couple in the sense that would you expect them to get together? My personal view is that you would. I've seen a lot of women who are like her in a way, quite vivacious and very attractive and all the rest of it. And then you look at the bloke they're with and you think, I'm not. What, what, how did that? How did that come about? You know what I mean. Not yeah. no disrespect to you personally, but you know what I mean. It's sort of. No, I don't know what you mean. Well, this, I think the the attraction that that she has for him. I mean, this is something you would need to uh, probably speak to Duna about. But he is quite flashy. He's, you know, he's he's got a few bob or has had made a few bob. He likes flashy things, which she likes. She likes the so. He, 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 they both like the side, the slightly tacky side of life, if you like. That's their big thing. The house decorations, I mean, there's the most fantastic, I don't know if, it's, if it was up in the last uh, living room, but they had the most fantastic, massive photograph that they obviously posed for. Uh, so tacky, but they love that. That's um, that's their thing, if you like, you know? Yeah, their house is very brash, isn't it? It's all big yeah, things yeah. and sort of all the rest of it. We haven't spent that much time at their house. Maybe we're going to spend a bit more time at their house in the future, maybe. We usually, yeah, no, the, 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 when we do it, we do it in a, uh, at Dumbarton Studios. And our, our house is always featured in, in a series. It's always there uh, because we always can't wait to go in it and see what tackiness it's going to take pride of place in this particular uh, episode. So it, it's always there, but the only the main bulk of it takes place in in, um, in Beth and Eric's uh, living room. So uh, we spend a lot of time in there. Yeah. yeah. So the characters, of course, have evolved over time, and we've had you know Jamie Quinn playing Ian since the beginning of the first series. I know he wasn't in the in the in the the original um, special uh, that was played out, but he's played it, you know, he's done it um, over that period. And he comes over as a, you know, he's just an ordinary guy, really, isn't he? An ordinary, there's nothing spectacular about Ian. He's, a, he's an average guy who happens to be gay, um, yeah. uh, which is great. And of course, he then brings in, you know, he's got, we had um, Jazz played by Harkey uh, in series one and two. And now we've got yeah. Kieran Hodgson playing, playing Gordon. And, um, you know they're they're very interesting, really interesting characters because in a way, they play sort of. You know when you think about comedy double acts, there's always a, a they always they always used to say there's a straight man, don't they? They're yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. the straight man in a way to the whole thing of what's going on with the others, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're the yeah, more yeah. they're the most normal, as it were. You know yeah, I mean? and they're completely believable as a couple as well. You know, it's uh, as you say, uh, Jamie. Plays in. He's just he's just an ordinary wee guy that uh, you know that, that happens to be gay and has met somebody that he's very much in love with and 
And Kieran offers a great balance to that relationship as well. So it works really well with the boys. And adds to my bemusement as well. Because, you know, the fact that they are just seem like guy, ordinary guys you meet down the pub, you can't quite get this through his head. What's going on here? So, yeah. While you've got this obsession with Michelle, Kathy always loves to take things a little bit too far with the gay characters, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. I think that's partly to get back at me as well. So I think that means, you know, uh, it's part of the motivation there. But yeah, she does. And of course, it, and because he's gay, Colin couldn't, couldn't give two hoots. He, well, here she goes again. Let her get on with it, you know. But there's always a little fallout between the two of you somewhere along the lines, isn't there? There's always something, oh, yeah, yeah, some yeah. tension. It's, it's quite a, it's quite a, a feisty relationship. But uh, we always make up in the end. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now there hasn't there hasn't been much of a um, a clash between the two main male characters in it, apart from one particular moment when you. You yeah. let rip on each other in the in the garage, did you? In the garage, because we're playing darts, and uh, my character was doing everything to put Alex's character off, um, and it kind of blew up. But uh, no, but the, the the two of them they got they got on very very well, and uh, you know although there are times that my character will noise Alex up, and as he as he said in the I think in the Christmas special. There are friends, there are neighbours, you know, and he's he's very easy going in that respect, and yeah, he puts up with Colin, put it that way. He does. He puts up with him. Puts up with him. So yeah, I mean, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant series. It's very, um, as I said at the beginning, very observational. Um, I think you can definitely see lots of uh, people that you know in the, the in all of these characters, and it's been going for four series. So what are we talking about? We're we talking about four or five years now altogether. I think it's slightly longer than that because it's uh, we were meant to start shooting in March last year, and that was with a, a year's gap. So, uh, and we were due to start filming. It was put back a year because of uh, the pandemic. So it's about seven years, I think, overall. We've been doing it. It's great because you know none of us, with exception of a couple of the younger ones, none of us are in the first flush of youth. So it's it's one of these rare things with employee. <laughs> people that uh, might hold, might or might not hold a bus pass. Um, so, um, no, it's, uh, it works well for us. It's the BBC's best kept secret, in my view, because it's there, does really well, but it's very, it seems to be very under-promoted. You hear about Mrs Brown's boys and things. This yeah. is on BBC I, Two, you know, it's weird. I, th I think uh, the tide's turning. I, I was, uh, after I did the Christmas special, I was working down in in cardiff and i couldn't get over the number of people this is with a mask on right the number of people that said we love two doors down and i thought that was very interesting because you know it's it, it and also before the pandemic any time i was down south working people would come up and and talk about it i think the problem with regard to the press was uh we came out when we, when it was launched. The first series was launched. It came out with another program uh, that was doing very well uh, in BBC Scotland. It was still Game, which came back for um, it, it finished. They'd done big concerts at the at the Hydro in Glasgow, and they they brought it back for three series. But when the first one came out, it came out at the same time 
is two doors down. And I think they, they enjoyed the bulk of the publicity. The irony is we did better in the network than they did. And the whole plan was for them to do very well in the network. Uh, did great up, did, they did great business up here, but ours had more of a, a, a network feel to it. But I think that's that's the, the the reason we suffered because we didn't get the same kind of boost as they got when when they were launched. And uh, but I think I think the the tide is is turning now, and I think people are beginning to hear about it. And of course, social media has been great. It's, uh, if you put anything up about it, it goes nuts, you know. So um, I mean, hopefully, you know when when. We get to film series five. People will be really looking forward to seeing how it's going to shape up. You know, no, it's. Um, I, th I think there's loads of scope with it as well. You know, we. I mean, I know it's about neighbours, but there are different things that could be explored, aren't there? So, you know, you get the impression a lot of the time that um, Kathy and Colin, they certainly need their neighbours because they, they, they talk a lot about other friends, but you never really hear about or see them or whatever. It'd be quite interesting to bring some of them in at some point and find out what these people are like, wouldn't it? And find out, you know, because Kathy's probably competing with them in some way. She's probably a bit of jealousy there somewhere along the lines. Or Yeah, well, they, they, they sort of have crept in off camera. I mean, my there was a phone call with my first wife in, in one of the uh, dinner episodes you like you know so um and we always wonder we always talk about who would play pat from over the back uh who's so, so i think it's part of me always i mean it, it is always nice to bring in a fresh face for and we've done that people have have, have come into the show and and brought so much to it but um it's quite nice to talk about these people and let the the audience imagine what they're going to be like as well so so one of my one of my favourite episodes, and again, all credit to the writers and everybody for tackling it as well, was when um, you had a a deaf character in it, and it really oh, wound yeah, Kathy yeah. up, didn't it? Really wound yeah. Kathy up. I mean, that was it was fabulous. That yeah, it was great. Sophie was brilliant. Who played it? She was fantastic. No, that was that was uh, that was the end of the last. Uh, I think it was was that the end of series four. Uh, I think it was roughly, but no, she was great, and it was a uh, uh, Joy McAvoy who plays Michelle. She had to learn all the sign language and uh, was taken through it. She put a lot of work into that, and uh, no, it, it it worked so well. Yeah. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM, and if you like what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every penny helps us to make even more amazing content just for you. Go to distinctnostalgia.com and click on the donate button. Keep listening as Ashley's chat with Jonathan Watson from Two Doors Down continues on Distinct Nostalgia in just a few minutes. Distinct Nostalgia is home to some fascinating conversations with the names behind some iconic films of the 20th century. And we've a special treasure trove of interviews and reunions around great British film. There's Brief Encounter. I was making my first film at the age of 19 and so was playing Beryl, the young girl serving the teas in the refreshment room. I'm the last surviving member. 
of this, and I suppose I'm getting rather elderly. Plus, brassed off. We didn't know that brass band music was going to be that popular. It just became a real word of mouth people's film. It stayed in the top ten in London for nearly three or four months, I think. And we eventually had to go up and ask them to stop showing it in Leeds because it was going to ruin the uh, the video launch date. And Oliver. The phone went and my mum shouted up saying, oh, you got the part of Oliver. And I remember being, because I was eight at the time, thinking, great, I'm going to have a, like six months off school. And that's all I thought. I didn't think anything else of it. Distinct Nostalgia. Celebrating great British movies. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or browse our existing programmes at distinctnostalgia.com. Our series on comedy writing legends continues as we meet the man behind Britain's favourite grump. I was always very concerned that um, however outrageous and seemingly incredible the plot lines I came up with were, that the key to making them sort of palatable was for the characters to react in a believable way. And so that's really why Victor ended up saying that all the time, was because he couldn't believe it either. We've been sitting down for a bumper chat with one of Britain's most talented writers and the man who created the legendary character Victor Meldrew in the now iconic sitcom One Foot in the Grave. My dad had taken early retirement, so that seemed to be a device that I felt I could use to my advantage. I mean, it was really about someone with a lot of time on their hands who was just very disgruntled with life around him and you know so I could kind of use it as a bit of a a vehicle for my own complaints and moans about litter in particular. Comedy writing legends in conversation with David Renwick. Listen now at distinctnostalgia.com or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget we've an extra one foot in the grave treat Scroll our feed to find an interview with the wonderful Doreen Mantle, who played Mrs. Warboys. Go to distinctnostalgia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you finding that radio stations aren't quite in tune with you anymore? Try the new one, built by baby boomers for baby boomers. It's called Boom Radio. Your favourite music from the 60s and 70s, spiced with some 50s and some newer tracks too, all played by some of the radio voices you grew up with. From David Hamilton to Graham Dean, Nicky Horn and Esther Ranson. Try Boom Radio today on DAB. Or you can find us online on your phone, laptop or smart speaker. Boom Radio, music and conversation for our generation. Boom Radio. Do we know? Do we actually, with regards to the program, do we know what they what they all do or did for a living? In the pilot, my character uh, was um, a fridge engineer or in charge of that, and I used to say to Simon, "What is he a fridge magnet?" And uh, so, but I'll I'll very often say to Simon, say. How 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 does he how can he afford to have to have and he'll go, Johnny, don't ask, don't ask, go away, go away. So, uh, 
but he, originally he worked in the, because at the end of the, that that uh, one hour special, he was he was made redundant. He lost his job. So I, I like to think he got a fantastic package, and is living off the fruits of his pension. So yeah, it'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it? I mean, what what did um, you know? What did Christine do? What does Christine do for them? I think she just. Um, scraped her bunions most of the time uh i think alex worked i think he worked in the railroad there was reference i think he did um maybe wrong about that what about, um, what about the boys do we know what the boys do the two, the two? i think they work in it right yeah i think uh certainly uh harky bambra that played uh jazz i think he worked in it and i've got a funny feeling that that Ian did as well. I love the episode where you were frightening uh, Jazz to death all the time. You were sort of ah, <laughs> love doing these. I do it now. I do it the other time with Kieran as well. I'll give him. Uh, they always they always say, Johnny, don't do that. That's, that's really scary. Please don't do that. Now they're a good crowd. Brilliant. Sounds like you have some great fun anyway. So that's. Oh, we do. We do. That, that's what makes it fantastic. Do you think we'll hear or see Christine's daughter again at any point? And the baby? I don't know. I don't know. You never say never. Um, it was one of these things. Uh, th- there was a clash of dates uh, with uh, with Sharon, which was a a huge job that she was involved in, and uh, so the decision was taken to get around it by by moving her to. I think she moved to Cardiff, or she moved to Wales. Yeah, she moved to Wales, and it's allowed. Wales, it's yeah. allowed Christine to be very rude about the Welsh on, on yeah, several yeah. occasions. Absolutely, <laughs> very, uh, yeah, not PC at all. But uh, uh, she and I love the Welsh, and uh, she. It's um, you never know. I mean, it, it might very well be that there'll be a reason for her to come back. She, working with Sharon Rooney is one of the great joys of being in this business. She is fantastic. And I'm very, very fond of her. Yeah, whether Sharon could come back into it, because it'd be interesting to see what what has actually happened, and uh, um, and to get you know to to, to to examine that dynamic between Christine and her daughter again, and see how it uh, how it pans out. You know. Yeah, well, it, it would just be a question of you know whether uh, the, whether Sharon would want to, or you know, or whatever, however the story is going to go and stuff like that. It's um, you know, it's it, you, you never know. But I, mean, I would love to, to have her back. Absolutely. Now, what this proves about comedy, really, and and, and anything in a way, um, is that we've had, in recent years we've had a lot of a lot of the focus on in in in, in everything on TV and, and and film generally has been on uh, action and big things happening and you know violence and this happening and that happening. this this is all based at the end of the day around a uh, very small locate there's not many set set scenes you know sets in it it's very focused on one particular area but also it's often about what the people say isn't it and we've lost a yeah. lot of that really so it's a little bit of a return isn't it in a way to the whole the, the whole the, the old tradition of Focusing on language, a bit, I suppose, a bit like the royal family. Was they're, like they're that. all, that's the one that I always think of. It's certainly the only difference is we, we do move about. Uh, there's there's a number of locations in the course of a, an episode, whereas they were in in, in one. Uh, but it has got that certainly it's got that feel about it. It's just people 
people talking about things. And uh, and that's where where the, the, the writer's observation comes to the fore and uh, it makes it great for us to play it, you know? And it also feels a little bit classless in a way. It feels that most people of different backgrounds can could identify with it to an extent because it's that middle sort of ground, isn't it? Where I mean, you don't, you don't. I mean, what what would you say? Do you think they're working class? The sort of upper working class. It's, it's a kind of upper working class uh, feel to it, which uh, which the middle class enjoy because they like to see themselves as that because it's a little bit more trendy. You see, so that's how we sort of spread it about a bit. But um, it, 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 I think you're right. It, it does have that sort of classless quality. And uh, and of course, there's a lot of nostalgia in the course of an episode as well when they reflect and look back and, you know, things that they did or things that they enjoyed or places they went to as well. So, and people can, you know, hook into that as well. Yeah, Christine slagged off Emmerdale a few times saying, saying that uh, Take the High Road was much better. And, <laughs> and then in the, in, the, in the other episode, in the last episode, of course, um, the ended with with you all singing the the snowman thing, wasn't it? Yes, which we were, uh, which social media has put us right right away that it wasn't Ali Jones that sang that; it was somebody else. It was <laughs> Ali Jones brought a single two years later, so that was knuckles wrap for that artistic license. Artistic <laughs> license, yes. Because every, the reason we got round about everybody thought it was Ali Jones, so that made it even more accurate. You see, so yeah. Yeah, well, it's true, isn't it? And then there was the great episode where you're all listening at late at night to uh, to Radio Four on the shipping forecast, shipping and, forecast, and yeah. sailing by and whatever. That was good as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I quite like these ones. There's that now, Caroline. Means that you wear your uh, costume for this episode is pajamas, which makes it even more comfy. So, yeah, and the hot tub episode that was a classic as well. That was a really strong one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 that was a that was quite a tricky one to to film because it. It wasn't a hot tub, but you had to be so careful around about it um, and make sure you didn't break anything. <laughs> Eric did more than break something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. He ended up with his feet um, covered in glass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, fabulous. Well, Jonathan, it's lovely lovely to talk to you. I wish you the best of luck with the with the upcoming series. I hope it goes you, goes really well. Did you, have to, did you have to go into a bubble for the Christmas one? We did, yeah. We... we uh, we were COVID tested, uh, and two days later, when everything was still fine, uh, we, we we filmed it. But we all we all lived in a bubble for the week. Uh, but that was that was only practical for the the purposes of a, a week's filming. We couldn't do that for an eight week shoot. I don't. It just wouldn't be feasible. So yeah. So where does Two Doors Down stand in all the you know the the, the stuff that you've done? over many, many years, you've done a lot of, lot of things over the years. How do you see Two Doors Down? I mean, you're obviously enjoying doing it. It's great to be having all this work and a successful comedy series. How does it compare to the other things that you've done? It, well, it's, it's right up there. It's, uh, it's something I, I really enjoy doing. It's a very good part, but I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm, I've, I, uh, I've worked with some fantastic people over the years, and there's, there's a number of projects that are are very special to me, but uh, but certainly two doors downs is up there, you know. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it's on BBC Two, of course, at the moment. Maybe it might get moved onto uh, BBC One. And... I don't. I get asked this quite a lot. I don't think it will uh, get moved. I think it's it's uh, its natural home is is BBC Two. The thing is, you know, some of the the languages, you know, is a little bit near the bone sometimes, and 
I do think that's something that would sit well on BBC One. I think we would we would have a problem with that. As things stand, we've got to be very careful how many swear words and and, and you know we have in an episode. You've got to be be very wary of that. And sometimes we'll cover ourselves by doing swear version in a sort of slightly cleaner version. Uh, I don't think we I don't think we'd be able to have the sort of that same freedom if it was on BBC One. So, is it is it any um, is it any is it any more risque though than 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 Mrs Brown's Boys? It's not, but I think Mrs Brown's Boys is 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 a real exception. I mean, the the, the I, I it's not a program I've watched, but I've seen little clips where he's where they have their own sort of uh, swear language, if you like, and it's uh, it's very thinly disguised. But I think that is an exception to the rule. And I don't think we would have, you know, the same kind of leeway. Hopefully, we'll get we'll we'll get some more episodes, the fifth series, as you say, coming up, and uh, yeah, and more and more people will get to know about it. It's fantastic. Is it um just finally? Is it um you know obviously as you say, it's got fans across all the country, because you, you say you've bumped into people and people um have mess have, have, have recognised you even with your mask on, but um is it particularly special? In Scotland, has it got a real special following? Do you think? In yes, it has. Yeah, it's it's uh, people really enjoy it up here. They, they it's it's a very popular program, and and people look forward. We're looking forward to the the Christmas special. Uh, but you know, equally, it, it it doesn't. I don't want to be blowing trumpet here, but it, it does have a good following down south and and Northern Ireland and and Wales as well. So. And we want to keep it that way. I would, I wouldn't want it to just be sort of a special thing in Scotland. I, I like the fact that it's, it covers the whole of the UK. I think that's, you know, it's a network program, and that's it's serving the purpose. No, absolutely, and that's great because we don't actually have many programs that you see uh, across the whole of the country from Scotland. Really, when you think about it, over the years we've had things like Taggart and things like that, uh, which of yeah, course yeah. Alex was in. But you know, we don't. Your um, your regular soap opera in Scotland, River City, doesn't get broadcast officially in the in the rest no. of the UK. Do you know what I mean? So it's actually quite nice to have something set in. I, I did a, a program uh, a number of years ago, uh, which was a BBC Three, three program, uh, and re, I think it was repeated maybe in BBC Two, uh, called Bob Servant with uh, myself and Brian Cox, and that that uh, it didn't get the same figures as Two Doors Down, but it, it, that had a good network appeal as well. Um, um, but uh, so that's the that's the only thing that I can think of recently that uh, might have filled that 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 gap. The English need reminding you're there. You see, they need to remind you that you're still there. <laughs> you're yeah, still yeah. part of the union for now. Um, fantastic, Jonathan. Lovely. Um, all the best to all the cast. Hope it goes well. And uh, looking forward to that fifth series. Well, listen. Lovely talking to you. And thanks very much for your good wishes. Ashley chatting to Jonathan Watson, who plays Colin in that excellent sitcom Two Doors Down. Come on, BBC, start promoting it properly. Not enough people know about this gem. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. And don't forget, you can find loads of great interviews, reunions, plus new drama and comedy at distinctnostalgia.com or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. Podcast.